You're listening to the Driving Confidence Podcast for drivers who want to be calm and confident on the road. We will be sharing tips, stories and advice to beat driving nerves and anxiety and build your driving confidence. Whether you are just starting out as a learner or have had your driving license for years, if you want to transform how you feel about driving, this podcast is for you. In today's episode, we're really grateful to Enola for leaving us a message on our SpeakPipe page, asking us for some advice about driving on motorways, joining slip roads, and allowing other people to join the motorway from slip roads as well. So let's start by playing Enola's message so that you can hear what she asked. Hello, Tracy and Kev. My question is about driving on the motorway. I've never driven on a motorway because any kind of high speed road, which I've driven on before up to 70 miles per hour, I do tend to avoid. And I just want to know how I can feel confident about driving on a motorway. I'd like some tips about driving at high speeds and also entering from the slip road and also allowing people to enter from the slip road, which I find very confusing and it makes me very anxious and very worried I feel much more comfortable driving stop and start traffic within in city but I really really feel like I need to go onto a motorway and uh, I'd want some sort of tips about that. I passed my test 16 years ago but I'm a very anxious driver and I've had long periods of non-driving so I've been doing refreshers lessons and that's been really helpful and also just want to say thank you for your podcast because I found it really really helpful and it's really given me a lot of tips in order to get me back on the road so thank you very much okay kev so this one is really over to you yeah i suppose it is really so joining a motorway or i'm going to include dual carriageways in this as well because again that's where slip roads are and the first thing to think about is what is a slip road for a lot of people don't really understand what a slip road's for they think oh it's just for joining and what it actually does, it allows you to increase your speed to the speed of the first lane that you're going to join. So that's called lane one, which is the lane on the left-hand side of the dual carriageway or the motorway. And what you're using the slip road for is to build your speed up so that when you come to join the dual carriageway on a motorway, your speed is already matched to the people that you're going to be joining with. Now, that sounds quite straightforward, but then it brings in more things for you to do. So when you're on the slip road, what you're looking for is you're looking for how long the slip road is. You're going to get varying different lengths of slip roads. So when joining a dual carriageway, the slip road might well be quite short. So you have to build up your speed quite quickly. Motorways tend to be slightly longer. But again, have a look. See how long the slip road is. What you're then doing is you're following the routine. You've probably heard of mirror signal manoeuvre. You're doing this as well on the slip road. So the first thing we're doing, looking for the length of the slip road, we're going to check our mirror, see what's behind us. We're going to tell everybody what you want to do. So put a signal on. Then what we want to be doing is, again, while increasing that speed to the speed that we want, is looking into lane number one, maybe lane number two, because there may be people coming back, 
and looking to see where the gaps are. Sometimes when you're looking in the mirrors, the gaps feel quite big. But if you actually use the, the middle mirror, it gives you a true reflection. So don't just use the side mirror. Use your internal or middle mirror as well. It will give you a different perspective to see where the traffic is. Don't just look once, look twice as a minimum, because what you can do is you can judge again how fast the cars are going in that lane that you want to join. Once you've done that, you can make decisions as to where you want to join. And again, you're still increasing the speed if you need to, to get up to that, either the speed limit or the speed of the vehicles in that lane. And because you're signaling, what you might find is that people move out into the next lane so you can join safely, which is fantastic and really helps. But again, if they're not, what you might have to do is just decrease your speed slightly it's coming off the accelerator you don't want to break at this point and allow that car to pass you in that lane and then join in behind him by accelerating and join safely in a gap behind that vehicle now that we've joined lane number one what we want to do is continue the speed that we are keeping up with the flow of traffic and what this does is just gives you a few moments just to compose yourself because what you want to do is get used to what is around you, what speeds they're going, where they are, what's the type of vehicles they are. And once you've joined that motorway or dual carriageway, it, it normally takes, I'm going to say about 30 seconds just to notice everything. And then during this time, what you're doing is you're not overtaking anyone or anything. You're just staying in that lane, just noticing what's happening, giving yourself a time to get used to the speed that you're doing. Because you might have been going on town traffic where it's like 20, 30 miles an hour. And then all of a sudden you're doing 60, 70 miles an hour on a motorway. So be kind to yourself. Give yourself time to adjust to the speeds, the speeds of others. And then when you're feeling better, what you can then do is either overtake or just stay where you are if you feel safe there. As long as you're keeping up with the traffic, you're not slowing anyone down, you are okay. Yeah. And... It strikes me when I'm listening, it does sound like a lot. It does sound like a lot of things to have to look for and to think about. But of course, when you've had lots of practice, it just sort of happens, doesn't it? Yeah, and I suppose the, the more you do it, obviously, the better you get at it, the more aware you become. But also, it's something that we don't do often. Most people will drive around town, countryside, they don't go on the motorways that often. Yeah. Um, so it is new. So again, just be kind to yourself and allow yourself time to get used to it. Cars will not necessarily be doing 70 miles an hour. They might be going faster. So what you want to be doing is using effective observations to join the motorway, knowing that it's safe for you. With motorways now as well, look for signs. Because what you might find as well is that you don't have to change lanes. You might not have to. You might already be in the lane that stays as lane number one on the motorway. And again, use that time just to gauge what's happening around you. Notice where everything is. And then if you need to, you can overtake or use the lane number one to accelerate and get up to the speed limit if you need to. Now, Nola mentioned having refresher lessons, which she's found helpful. So 
This is something that she could do on her refresher lessons, isn't it? Doing some slip roads, dual carriageways, motorways, and just having that reassurance of somebody else talking her through all the things that she needs to remember. And that might be that she, you know, she has someone else talking her through, but she could also talk herself through. Yeah. You could also use, if it's a, a speed thing, joining a, a dual carriageway or motorway, what you could also do is practice accelerating on a, a faster road. You might be coming off a roundabout. Use that to accelerate off the road. Get used to putting your foot down a little bit more than what you used to. So there is little tips or techniques you can use that are not associated with the, the motorway or dual carriageway. There's other areas where you might want to, okay, I know what that feeling feels like now when I put my foot down. I've got that. Yeah, we've got some dual carriageways around us where you can join from a roundabout. So you don't have the slip road scenario, but you do have the scenario of lanes and speed. So yeah, that sounds like a really good tip, choosing somewhere like that. Or choosing somewhere that you know has a longer slip road. Could be, yeah. There's also, a, you know, if you're joining a motorway, there might be something called the hard shoulder. And the hard shoulder is something where you, if you break down, it's used in case of emergencies. Now, we've got a lot of smart motorways now where there isn't hard shoulders. There's uh, pull-in places if you'll break down. But what you could do if you've got a hard shoulder and there is no space to join the motorway in lane one is use the hard shoulder. You want to be using it for as short a period of time as possible because it's only used for emergencies. But you have that escape route to be able to join. Because what you don't want to be doing on a slip road when you're joining the dual carriageway or motorway is stopping. You need that momentum to get up to speed. So if you have to use the hard shoulder because lane number one is busy and you can't join, use the hard shoulder. You know, a lot of people don't think they can do that, but you can. Yeah, I didn't realise that. I'd never thought of that. Yeah, and it's use that hard shoulder. And again, you're, you're using it for the minimum amount of time possible, but it will allow you to then join lane number one. Okay, so another thing Anola mentioned was um, how to let people or other people in once you're on the motorway. So you, you're approaching a slip road. How do you deal with that? So again, this is once you're on the motorway, it's effective observations. You might well notice as you're driving on a motorway or dual carriageway that there's clues. There's clues that you're approaching a junction to come off. What that also means is when you just pass that, you're going to have a junction joining. So a slip pro joining the motorway or dual carriageway. So that's the first point that it triggers something that says, okay, What's around me? Let me look. What might happen? So what you're thinking of now is, if someone was going to join, could I move into my next lane to allow them to join safely? And the only way you can do that is by effective observations to the rear. Now, this includes not just looking in the right mirror, but also the internal or middle mirror and making sure you know where that gap is to move over, to allow someone to join so that they can join and then you can move back into lane number one to continue your journey. You might even find that you are overtaking them as they're joining. But again, that's fine. 
as long as we've planned and prepared for that moment before it actually happens. What you're also doing on approach to that slip road that's joining is looking. And you might be looking to see if someone's actually joining as well. So, you know, make sure that you are aware of your surroundings and then you can make that um, decision. And the decision might be, it's too busy. There's too many people overtaking me. Mm. So what do you do in that situation if someone wants to join, but you can't move out the way? Two options, really. You either keep going as you are, and they use the people that are joining the, the motorway, dual carriageway from the slip road. They have to give way to you. Or the other option is just to release the accelerator, come off the accelerator slightly. So you're not slowing down too much, just very gradually. This allows them a little bit more space. You can then match your speed to this car that's on the slip road. Allow them to join, and then you can increase and carry on your journey. Yeah, is that looking for where are they going to join? Can they join in front of me? Can they join behind me? Because that's the other thing. If you've got lots of traffic in front of you but nobody behind you, then you can adjust your speed so that hopefully, like you say, they give way to you so they join in behind you. They don't always have to join in. In front of you. No, you'll find that most situations are different. So you have to make different decisions based on the situation. And that works, you know, all the time while you're driving. The way I've always described it to the kids is like a zipper. Yeah. So it's, like, it's, it's, it's the, the same way that a zip works. It's trying to bring two lanes together. And so it's just trying to match gaps and cars to each other and you you match your speed so that you can zipper in in front or behind each other. Yeah, and that's this, you know, when you're joining from the slip road, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to be part of that zip. But what you're also doing while you're on the dual carriageway motorway and someone's joining is either allow them in front if there's space, if there's not enough space, or there might be something happening, allow them in behind you. You know, again, you're just trying to evaluate the situation as it develops. You might find the person on the slip road going really fast. Well, if that is the case, he's probably going to overtake you or undertake you, as the case may be. Mm. But again, that is fine as long as you've left that space. It's allowing you the time and the space to make those decisions. And it's done well before you actually get to that point. Hopefully, your decision making is all done by then. But it can be that the decision will change depending on the speed of the cars that are joining. So again, just bear that in mind and make your decision based on what you can see. I'm just going to jump in here to let you know about our Drive Calm journal. We've created a 12-week prompt journal to support our listeners to take action and improve driving confidence. The journal includes questions, prompts and exercises to create an action plan and an opportunity for reflection afterwards. Search Drive Calm on Amazon to take a look. We hope it helps. So the more space you've got around you, so bearing in mind that two-second rule, making sure that you have left a big enough gap in front of you. In theory, you're just adjusting that, aren't you, in front and behind? Exactly. And that's what you want to be trying to do all the time is I describe it as driving in space or driving in a bubble. And if you can do that and your, your bubble doesn't pop, 
or you drive in space and you feel you've got some room for maneuver, you're going to be safe. I mean, some people call it defensive driving, but it's, it's, it's about planning and noticing what's around you to make those decisions. So the other thing that, in fact, the first thing that Anola mentioned was speed. Yeah, we've done it the wrong way around, really, haven't we? Yeah. Anyway, let's think about you've joined a motorway safely or dual carriageway, and now it's about speed on the motorway. What speed should you be doing? What is a safe speed? Now, we've already touched on a little bit of this already, where you are driving in a bubble, driving in a space, and how do you do that? Well, what you're doing is you're looking as far ahead as possible, but also behind you as far as possible. So again, noticing what's happening, the speed of cars. Um, is someone breaking up ahead? Noticing what's happening. But on a motorway as well, or dual carriageway, what you need to know is what's happening to the sides of you. Because what you want to be doing is being seen. And you want to be seen, but also see. So using your effective observations, as I call it, looking in front, behind, to the sides, notice what's happening, and then anticipating what might happen. So we've talked about the two-second rule already. What is a two-second rule? Some people don't actually know what it is. They just think, oh, well, how two seconds? Yeah. And there's loads of versions of this, and I love people that come up with their own version. But basically what you do is and you can do this on the single carriageway you know you can do it while you're driving normally you know it's it's picking a spot that's stationary a tree a lamppost whatever it may be and when the car in front of you passes that point that you've chosen what you do is you allow a two second gap so you don't pass that same point for two seconds a couple of phrases that people use is only a fool breaks the two-second rule. And that phrase takes you two seconds to say. Yeah. Other people use one pink elephant, two pink elephants. You know, whatever works for you. I'm, you know, it's as, la- as long as it's a two-second gap. Yeah. In good, dry conditions. You know, this is what we're, we're talking about there. So you're driving in space, two-second rule for the car in front. But also put the two-second rule in for cars behind you. A lot of people don't do this. So you've got a safety bubble. And a safety bubble is not just in front of you. It's also behind you. So do the same when you pass something. How in two seconds did the car or vehicle behind you pass that same point? It also keeps you thinking about driving as well. Mm. So you're not thinking negatively. You're always thinking about what's happening. I said about being seen. And this is on the motorway. Driving in a place where other people can see you. So you might know blind spots on cars. Yeah. But also blind spots on lorries. Lorries, big, but the blind spots are also as big. So when you're passing a lorry, there's going to be certain points on the overtake maneuver that the lorry won't be able to see you. So what you want to be able to do is get past the lorry or hold back. You know, again, it's a judgment call on what you want to be doing. But you want to be able to make sure that other people have escape routes. So if something happens, they can pull out and it doesn't cause you any problems. And again, this is continuing all the time. People think because you're all going in the same direction, it should be easy. Well, it is. But there is rules to look at. And 
people say about what speed should I be doing on the motorway? Well, that depends on other vehicles. You know, if it's busy, you're going to be going slower. Yeah, and the trip we've just been on, we've covered all speeds from 70 miles an hour right down to stationary. Yes, and what you're doing is, I mentioned anticipate. Looking further ahead, you can anticipate what people are doing. You might see there's some overhead signs saying speed change. We get quite a lot of this on smart motorways now where there is variable speed limits. If we notice them early, what we can do is we can adjust our speed early so we don't have to get to those signs and harshly brake. Because again, what you might find is a concertina effect where one person brakes harsh, which causes the others to brake even harder and the people behind them even harder still. And all of a sudden, you have a concertina effect. So what you're trying to do on motorways is use the brakes gently. Plan your journey ahead so that you don't have to use the brakes. Keep that two-second rule going. And again, trying to adjust your speed so that you're always at a speed that is keeping up with traffic because you don't want to be a hazard. Yeah, and I, I think when you're all travelling at the same speed, it doesn't seem quite so fast. If you're the person who's travelling a lot slower than everybody else, that really changes the way that the driving feels. So I'm thinking of the example when I was driving with my spare tyre because I'd had a puncture. Um, so there's a limit. You can only drive at... A maximum. It's normally 50 miles an hour. 50 miles an hour. So I was driving between 40 and 45 miles an hour on the dual carriageway. And actually, that was quite a scary experience because I wasn't traveling at the same speed as the rest of the traffic. On that piece of dual carriageway, the average is anywhere between sort of 58 to 70 miles an hour. By not driving at that speed, it felt like everybody else was flying past me and was getting up close behind me because I couldn't drive any faster. So when I normally drive that piece of road, I'll be driving at 65 miles an hour and it all feels absolutely fine because everybody is going at the same speed so there is a definite perception change in how it feels if you don't match your speed to the rest of the traffic well it's it's others as well others are not expecting that to happen Mm. they're driving on that road and they expect others to do the same as them yeah you know stick within speed limits obviously hopefully but it's that expectation from others which causes the problem. It's, they've probably driven on that road loads of times every day going to work and nothing like that happens. And then all of a sudden something's there. It's like, oh, what happened? And it's, it causes panic. So, yes, yeah, so what we don't want to be doing is driving at speeds that cause others panic. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to be driving at a speed that causes us panic either. Like you mentioned there, you felt panic because, or that feeling wasn't right because you were doing something different. Yeah, I actually had my hazards on for the whole of that bit of dual carriageway just so I could let everybody know yeah, they, if they were if they hadn't seen my speed at least they there was a chance they would see my hazards so it gave them some indication that I wasn't going at the normal speed. And that's that's great isn't it because what you've done there is you you've warned others. Yeah. That's what hazard lights are for, aren't they? You're warning others that you're a hazard or there's a hazard up ahead and still the others are not expecting it. And they might not be planning for that because they're on autopilot. Drive at a speed that is not going to cause other problems, 
but also drive at a speed that's not going to cause you problems. And again, this might be the build-up in practice. Practice with people that wear different times of the day. So you can get practice at driving at 70 miles an hour. Mm. Because people don't like driving at 70 miles an hour. Some people find that quite fast. But also, driving at 60 miles an hour might feel okay. But again, it's, it's a balance, isn't it? You know, what, what is safe, what isn't safe, what's safe for you, what's safe for others, it's all different. And what you want to be doing is, I'm going to repeat this again, is just making sure you're not the hazard on those faster roads. And nothing that takes practice, practice going faster on single carriage roads, practice going faster on dual carriageways first, and then you can practice going faster on motorways. Or it might be that you go out at different times so you can practice on the motorway when it's not busy. That's another way of building up your confidence with speed. Yeah, <laughs> or practice on the motorway when it's really busy and then you don't go at any speed at all. <laughs> There's always that. There's always that. So let's look at you've joined a motorway, dual carriageway, and you've driven on the motorway now and you've had the opportunity to let people on or let people off, you know, whatever made the case may be. But how do you come off of a motorway? You know, and this again, I think is, can be disorientated mm. for some people. The first thing is to think of looking for clues. And the clues are normally signs. So you might have a sat nav going as well. So that tells you, and it gives you in one mile, take the next exit off. The signs might be there as well. But again, they, they're pretty big on motorways and dual carriageways because you need to see them from a further distance because you're traveling faster. But also notice that the, the signs give you information. They tell you the distance the junction's away. They tell you what junction number it is and also the destination if you came off at that junction. So there's lots of information to take in there. And again, knowing in advance what junction you want can help you build the confidence up knowing that you've got it right. Yep. Knowing it's, it's, oh, it's, no, it's the next junction I want. Fantastic. So again, this is part of the planning of coming off the motorway. So notice the signs earlier. And what we want to be doing is getting into the correct lane. If it's a motorway, it's always the left lane. Getting into that lane in good time. So you don't have to slam the brakes on closer to the junction. You don't have to worry too much about, can I make it across? Is people going to let me? You've got a big distance to move over. And if you're in lane three, for example, and you need to get into lane number one, do it gradually. Don't just move from lane number three to lane number one, because again, that might cause problems. Go from lane number three to lane number two, adjust, see what's happening, make sure you know, maybe even look over the blind spots, over the shoulders, just to make sure you can see everything. And then move into lane number one on your left-hand side so you're prepared early enough to come off the junction. And again, what you're doing is you're looking well ahead so that you can see where the junction is. There might be countdown markers as well. You get the, the 300 yards, 200 yards, 100 yards markers. And what also happens there is you're getting closer to the, the actual slip road. Notice the length of the slip road as well. You might notice it goes up. You might notice it goes down. You might notice it's quite short. But also, if you can, notice what's at the end of the slip road. It might be traffic lights. It might be a roundabout. It might be just a, an, another road that leads somewhere. So notice the length of the slip road. And then when you can, do the mirrors and the signal to tell people that you're coming off. And as you're coming off of the slip road, 
that is the point that you want to start slowing down. You don't want to slow down too early on the motorway because, again, people might not be expecting it. So use the slip road to reduce your speed. That's, again, is another tip for us to put out there. The dual carriageways are slightly different. You might have to because um, slip roads are so small. So, again, by noticing the length of the slip road, you can make those decisions early and tell people what you want to do because you don't want to be harsh braking. Just tell people you're slowing down just by gently touching the brakes, which put the brake lights on so people then know what you're doing early. What you also want to do on slip roads, and again, it confuses quite a lot of people, is imagine you've been driving on the motorway for about two hours and you've been doing 65, 70 miles an hour if you're lucky enough, not had any problems. And you've got used to that speed now and that speed feels okay. So what you then want to be doing is noticing what speed you're doing on the slip road because you may well slow it down to what you think is 20 miles an hour. It probably is actually 40. Yeah. Because it feels so slow compared to what you've been doing. So notice what you're doing, what speed you're doing, and what's happening up ahead on that slip road. You might also want to know which way you're going as well. So especially if you're coming up to a roundabout, you're going left, you're going right, is what, 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 which way you want to do. And use the slip road to adjust your position in the road as well. So again, you're getting used to where am I going? What am I doing early enough? Yeah, you're no longer going straight ahead like you were on the motorway. <laughs> you, you need to think about things in a different way. Yeah, and again, use the sat-nav. The sat-nav might actually give you directions and tell you which lane you need. But again, use, use everything to your advantage. Yeah, and prepare and plan before your journey so that you know as much about what you're going to need to do in advance so it doesn't come as a surprise. Exactly, yeah. So... Thank you once again to Enola for sending us your message and giving us a topic for the podcast episode. I hope that's been helpful. I hope that's answered some of your questions a little bit and hope that's been helpful for other people as well. If you've got a question that you would like to ask, then that would be great if you'd like to leave us a message on our SpeakPipe page. All the details are in the show notes, as always, along with all of our social media links and contact details. So, Kev, this is the last episode of this season, and we're going to take a break for a few weeks. Yeah, so um, catch up on previous episodes if you need to is, is my little tip. We've covered so many different things, so in, there's so many more that we've got planned uh, to talk about. Yep, definitely. So just go back, have a little look. What have you missed? What haven't you listened to yet? And there's over 60 episodes in the bank there for you to have a look at. So there's bound to be something to keep you going until we come back in a few weeks with a new season. So that just leaves us to say, until next time, have a great day, whatever you're doing. If you have enjoyed our podcast, did you know we can also help you get back on the road to driving confidence? If you want to have the feeling of being safe, be able to go shopping without relying on public transport, create more time in your daily schedule, become a confident driver, visit friends or relatives that live further away, drive to and from places of work, feel safer when driving on faster roads, then our coaching packages will help you create the easy-to-follow action plan to your driving confidence. Using our unique DriveCalm system within our coaching sessions, 
backed up by the free access to the Confident Drivers website and all the wonderful tools and techniques it has to offer, you will feel confident that you can take that first step in getting back driving. So if you'd like to find out more information, go to the Confident Drivers website. Thank you for listening. Find out about the different ways that you can work with us on our website, www.confidentdrivers.co.uk and begin to transform the way you feel about driving.